When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rockman back in the chair. We will come on to the Champions League in a moment, but I just want to put things into context this season. Manchester City won the Premier League title again. They won the Carabao Cup again. They reached the final of the Champions League for the first time in their history, and they were semi-finalists in the FA Cup. So put it another way, they played in all but one of the games of all the competitions they entered. The FA Cup final was the only game they didn't play in this season. But we didn't win the Champions League. On a separate note, I feel extremely lucky to have been given the opportunity to attend the final. I know you listen every week, so a huge thank you to Stephen for your generosity, your kindness and your amazing hospitality. It was a pleasure to spend time with you and your family. So thank you very much, Stephen, for that opportunity. Uh, My three guests were all at the final two. And I look forward to picking the bones with each of them. In no particular order, welcome to Stato, Paul Denby. Hi, Paul. Hi, Nigel. Uh, welcome also to Spencer Debson. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Nigel. And finally, last but certainly not least, John Stapleton. Hi, John. Hi, Nigel. Listen, John, you kick us off on this one, my friend, will you please? I, I'm interested to know kind of your overriding emotions, really, after the season I've just described... Uh, then getting to the Champions League final for the first time, and you, as ever, were there. You're home and away all over the place. Your first ever Champions League final, and then to lose it. What, what does that all feel like? What, what's, how are you feeling at the moment? Well, uh, I'm getting. I'm in therapy. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm not in therapy. Um, I was flat as a pancake afterwards. I mean, I was with a bunch of mates, and some of them said, "Let's go for a drink." I couldn't face it. You know, I'd, I'd had enough. I went back to the hotel and with one of the party, and we just had a a glass of rather good port, and went went to sleep uh, as best we could with the noise outside. Um, I had been looking forward to this with such excitement and such anticipation. You know, as you know, I bore you with this all the time. I've been a fan for a very, very long time. I remember, you know, 1970, I wasn't there for that, of course, but that was the closest we've ever been to something like this. Um, And, yeah, I was excited about going to Porto, which lived up to all expectations. I thought it was a beautiful city. Uh, we were well looked after by the people of Porto. I was even more excited when I went into the ground, you know, seeing a 
several hundred, if not a few thousand people already in there. They get that buzz again, you know, in a football stadium with a crowd. It's all looking real. And I had, I was nervous about it. I was always nervous about the outcome because, you know, Chelsea, you know, have done us twice. I had done us twice prior to the kickoff of, of that game. I was nervous. That they would certainly give us a good run for our money, if, if, if not beat us. But, you know, I, I never anticipated what, what was, what actually, actually happened. And I came away, like everyone else, just just very depressed. We'll go into the reasons why and what what happened in the selection about all that later on. But yeah, it was a roller well a, a roller coaster of emotions. Puts it as a cliche, but it, it it really dramatically and effectively describes it. I mean, we'd all gone there. We went through went to great expense to get there. We went through all that bureaucratic nonsense you have to go through to to qualify uh, leaving the country and qualify getting into the country. And apparently, several Chelsea fans never made it because they're. Their PCR results haven't come through, even though they pay for them, all that kind of stuff. And we went to massive expense. The hotel was eye-wateringly expensive. The tickets were not cheap. Uh, and, it all, and all that would have been fine, wouldn't it? It would have been absolutely hunky-dory, no problem at all. It would won, but we didn't. It's really interesting. I mean, you, you talk about all the tests and it's been well documented, all the things we had to go through. It wasn't until I was actually sat on that plane, the feeling of relief at every single point along the way. My test results didn't come back till about 7.30 on yeah. the Friday night. Um, and, and of course, I was leaving the house about four in the morning to get a very early flight on the Saturday morning. So so it was, So that was left to the sort of the very last second. I, I was a nervous wreck. I was, and, and my mates were as well. I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night worrying about it. I thought, if I'm the one who screws this up because my paperwork's not in order, I get turned back, or I'm not allowed to enter into it. What am I going to do? Where am I going to be? It was really, really, really stressful. It was. Spencer, stressful. But, 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 but at the end of the day, how deflated, how flat, how, how are you feeling about the whole thing? Well, it would have been far less stressful had we won, wouldn't it, of course, because those details would just sort of filter away in the, in the joy of what we were all hoping for. Um, but yeah, of course, the same as uh, as yourself and John have gone through. It's it's been an absolute roller coaster. Again, like you, um, uh, Nigel, my ticket came in late, and there's the whole razzmatazz: Will you get there? Won't you get there? Um, you know, is it all going to happen? Um, but then, you know, the pre-match, you know, the build-up, and as you you know, walking to the uh, the ground, and then all the old emotions of just going to a football game at a basic level returns because it, you know, it's 15 months since I've been to a game. I was with my son, and you really felt that that great energy. You know, then oh blimey, it's the Champions League final. You know, so we all felt, you know, I'm sure uh, the buzz of it and the uh, you know the drama of the occasion. Um, we couldn't foresee what was going to happen when we were go, going into this. But uh, like you guys, the, the sense of deflation is massive and there's no, there's no way I've come back down to any sense of normality. And it's quite hard to have perspective after uh, a defeat like that. Um, you, you know, it's a day-by-day day thing, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not back to normal yet. What can I say? And, and Stato, I mean, I know you're, again, you're a, a home and away Europe all over the place with your two lads. And again, I, I saw you there in Porto with your two lads. Um, how, how are you all feeling? Still deflated. Um, it was, a, unfortunately, a, a significant letdown. But the day itself and the build-up the build was stressful, as John said. The amount of paperwork you had to make sure you got everything right as well, waiting for the PCR test results to come through. Once they all came through, still, you just want to make sure you ticked all the boxes to get through immigration and all that sort of stuff. When we got to Portugal, arrived in Porto, got to the fans area, didn't stay in the dedicated fans area, went to another square. It was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere was brilliant. 
Pablo Zabaleta turned up and people were singing his name. Um, the atmosphere was just superb. People drinking beer, having meals, right on the riverside. Lovely day. Absolutely fantastic. Can't, you can't beat it. Go to the ground. We, we actually decided to walk to the ground. We looked it up. It was a 57-minute walk to the ground. So we walked through a bit of old, old Porto as well. Get to the ground. Atmosphere is building up. Your tension starts building up. My stomach goes into knots, as I'm sure many people did, because I get very tense on these big matches. And um, then the game starts. The atmosphere is super. It's great to go to another live game. Then the game starts. And once we'd seen the team, we all had the same concern. Why aren't we playing Rodri or Fernandinho? And why is Sterling playing? We'll get into that, I'm sure, sure we will shortly. Well, Paul, start, start us off with that then, because that's obviously the having done the emotional bit and the, the stress and the excitement and being back at football. Now we've done that. Let's, let's talk about that. And we can't talk about the game until we've talked about the fact that in the in the crowd I was with, they were sort of talking about, and I said it's a scam. It's too early um, that someone's just making that up. There's no way he will start with Sterling. And of course, it filters through. It was true. It was it was gobsmacking. I, w- I was amazed. What? How, how did you react? What was your reaction when you first saw the fact that no Fernandino, no Rodri, but Sterling was in the side? It was. How well, did you do that? To say gobsmacked is probably an understatement. <laughs> I could use language that probably shouldn't be on the podcast, so I won't. But it was either. Pep sees something in Sterling that we all miss. He must be absolutely amazing in training and was doing things that we thought he can't do. But he started the previous 60 games this season with either Rodri or Fernandinho or both of them. And for this one, the biggest game of the season, he decides to not play either of them, play Gundogan deeper, therefore lose his attacking capability and put Sterling in there to stretch them a bit. And Sterling, let's be honest about it. I mean, he's had a relatively poor season. And there is no way on earth he should have been in that starting eleven. There was not one City supporter I spoke to before the game, and certainly after the game, that could see why he started. So uh, I'd love to get him pep trained. Maybe this will come out in some autobiography that is written in X years' time as to why Pep plays these teams, Liverpool away in the Champions League, Tottenham in the Champions League away, Leon in the quarterfinal last year, and then we thought he'd given up on these minor changes, major impacts. But then he goes and does it in the final. I'd love to understand what's in his brain, but maybe, uh, maybe I never will. Spencer, have you, you? I'm sure you give you lots of thought. You're still not back down to earth. You're not back to normal. You've already shared that with us. But but your thoughts on? Let's just try and get inside Pep's head if we can. What, why do you think he did that? What What was the reason for that, do you think? You must have given it some thought, I'm sure. It's it's so speculative, isn't it? I mean, I was reading an article, um, the Henry Winter article in The Times. I mean, he 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 called it arrogance. I struggle to use that word, actually. I, I think of it more as overthinking. But I suppose the idea was of a, a, a you know, more attacking setup um, that, you know, he would sacrifice... Uh, some defensive capability for some flair. I'm just trying to rationalise something. I don't believe what I'm saying, to be frank with you. Um, the Sterling thing, you know, we have the the, the great cliche, don't impact we trust, don't we? Um, it didn't feel like the right decision when we saw the team sheet, and it certainly didn't feel like the right decision up to the 60 minutes when Fernandinho actually came on, and I felt the dynamic really changed for the positive then. So I can't really understand it or surmise what was in his mind, but... Um, 
it's an overthinking thing. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to answer the question properly. Yeah, totally. I think I think we all, are. John. Um, I guess it, you will will struggle as well. But but the the feeling around you and your group of mates when when that team was announced and Sterling's inclusion. Exactly the same as as the other two, as, as Spencer and Paul. I mean, the people around me saw, saw that announcement and said collectively, "What?" You know, and we all said, "What? Why?" Is that a mistake? It can't be right. Surely can't be right. As, as, you know, as Paul pointed out, all these games, you know, 60-odd games, always using one def- defensive uh, midfielder, and, uh, and he chooses this occasion, the most important game in the club's entire history, bar none, apart from arguably 1999, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, you know, apart uh, the most important cl- game in the club's history, to, to experiment. Why do you want to experiment with a game like when we played like we played against PSG, we played like we played against, uh, against Everton in the final game of the season? Just leave things as they are. I just didn't understand it. And don't ask me for an explanation because I haven't the faintest idea what was going on in his mind or what he hoped to achieve. All I do know is it didn't work, did it? It patently did not work. And, you know, when they did score their goal, it, you know, for a whole reason, which, which you can go into in a minute, it, it, it seemed to me that had, had Fernandinho been there, it probably wouldn't have happened. But, you know, there we are. He wasn't there and, and that was that. But overthinking, yeah, something I could never be accused of, that's for sure. Overthinking, maybe maybe, maybe he was, maybe, maybe he has some plan that he's not told us about yet. But, I mean, he hasn't actually, as far as I know, gone into any detail about, about why he did this. Um, and I'd be like you. I'd be absolutely intrigued to know the reasons because he's a super t- tactician. He's a fabulous manager. I had heard, you know, some people around me after the game saying, you know, uh, I, I think he'll quit. I think I said some, some people around me. I think he'll quit. He won't, this will be too much for him. I certainly hope he doesn't quit, and I'm, I'm sure they won't fire him. Heaven's sake! I certainly hope he doesn't quit because he's a fantastic manager. But he just has this this sort of Achilles heel. It seems anyway, where. On occasion, and Leon was one of them, and this is another where he just does something that appears on the face of it to be unfathomable, and, and this was one of those occasions. I mean, something's very easy for us to sort of criticise Pep and and question his decision and, and, and talk about the underperformance. But I'd like to start with Chelsea because I think you know, I think you have to say first of all to Thomas Tuchel what, what what a fantastic job he has done with an underperforming team to come in and achieve what he's achieved. Uh, to outwit Pep, one of you's already said the third time I think in six weeks, yes. tactically outwitting Pep Guardiola, <laughs> that in itself is quite a feat. And I thought they performed superbly. Agreed. I thought they were brilliant. And and Stato, I know you're a, a kind of a, a a master tactician yourself. You look at these games very deeply. You, you know you, you look at the tactics as well as just the city performance. You, you you've got to say well done to Chelsea before we move on to anything else. Surely, what a great performance from them. I'd say great performance by Chelsea. Certainly they uh, outperformed us. Did Tuchel outwit Pep or did Pep outwit himself, though? That's my only minor comment. Had Pep played with our recognised starting eleven, when I say recognised, there's the odd change, but it would have either been Fernandinho or Rodri for Sterling. And that would have been the first eleven I would have picked. And I think most City supporters, too. Had he started with that eleven, I don't think we could have said we would have been outwitted by Tuchel, but um, so I just think he is himself. He's done it three times in six weeks, albeit I know it's not City's strongest team, nor nor did he have his strongest team in in the other two necessarily either, you could argue. Well, the semi-final in the FA Cup, we certainly had our second 11, uh, more or less. 
in the league game where we lost 2-1, again, we, we shot ourselves in the foot, to use a very uh, obvious term, because we missed a silly penalty. All right, that's one of those things. And then conceded a, a silly goal at the end. So, again, it was a bit of self, self-defeat self again. So, yes, we've lost three times to Chelsea, but every time it's been by one goal. And, uh, all right, the semi-final, they were much better than us. The league game, fairly even. And on Saturday... We weren't absolutely awful. We did create some chances on another day, might have gone in. Their, their defending was superb. They blocked everything. They did what we did to, to other teams on our route to the final, blocked everything like Diaz and Zinchenko did and Stones have done in semi-final and quarter-final. They did to us in the final. So we didn't really test Mendy properly. So, yes, they defended very well. And I know, John, you're often generous as well to our opponents. You, you've got to say well done to Chelsea, surely. Uh, absolutely right. The best team won on, on the night. The best team, and you know, it was as you rightly say, the third time in, in, in six weeks they've done it. I mean, they defended stoically towards the end, the last fifteen minutes or so. It was a brilliant performance. The, the challenge on De Bruyne, I couldn't see properly. He got a yellow card for it. Some people around me said it should have been a red. I don't know, like the penalty. I mean, some people said we should have had a penalty. I, again, I couldn't see properly from where I was sitting, but I think I'm not seeing any replays. But I think it was perhaps questionable. But apart from that. You know, did we really pose any real danger, any real threat to them? There were a couple of moments maybe when we all we all sort of gasped with astonishment that you know, it was close enough to almost stand up and, and, and cheer and shout uh, our heads off. But it, it wasn't that good a performance. I thought everybody was off key. I thought we looked edgy at the back. I thought Stones made two mistakes, at least if not three in the first 20 minutes. They could have been, as you said, Nigel, only two or three up in the first 20 minutes. Uh, for the goal, poor old Zinchenko was caught the wrong side of his the man he was marking. He wasn't goal side of him. Uh, Walker had been dragged in. I remember looking at the freeze frames after he had been sucked inside, uh, and 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 Stones was was nowhere. And you know the forty five yard arguably Edison came off his line too too quickly to get it. But you know that should have been recoverable. Even that you know one nil down after uh, just before half time, not a good time to go one nil down. I know, but. Why didn't he bring Fernandinho on straight away after half-time? Surely that would have changed things. So we say well done, Chelsea, Spencer. Just a final word from you. No, I mean, look, if you lose 3-0 or 1-0, it's a loss. It doesn't really, you know, the fact that he was um, profligate is, uh, is another matter. I thought the fullbacks, both Chelsea fullbacks, really played at a very yeah. high level. Um, Reese James on Mares and, uh, and Chilwell um, on Sterling or the other way around. Um, I'm still coming back down to earth. Um, and, you know, collectively, I did read a piece about, you know, you had a lot of individual cases in in, in the Chelsea team, Thiago Silva, you know, he lost it, in that, lost it last year with Tuchel and now, you know, it's a sort of a redemption thing. But, you know, everybody should be, you know, fighting for their lives, Champions League final. Uh, did we see that, you know, sort of die for the club type passion from everybody in that team yesterday it's so hard to discern from 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 the side but um Chelsea played out of their skin and we the really disappointing thing for me in, in the second half we went in one nil down was the delay in bringing on um Fernandinho and uh, Aguero which made a dynamic change at the time and then the lack of penetration and then you know of course Mares won right at the end in another moment to be honest with you I think it would have been a bit of luck had we really gone in at 1-1 at full time we didn't we genuinely didn't deserve this and I think that is the most deflating part of all of this um and then you know in in, in Pep's um news conference afterwards I mean yes you have to put the best most most philosophical light on it but he was very um 
you know, balanced in his comments. I mean, like, yes, you don't want to show weakness, but uh, it felt like a slightly different game that he was um, sort of coming at us uh, in the report after the game. But it is what it is. Paul, something that disappointed me, uh, we've talked about selection, we've talked about well done Chelsea, um, we've talked about the fact that probably most of our team were under par, but to come out of a Champions League final with one shot on target is particularly disappointing, particularly knowing what our strike force has been like, what a threat we've been going forward, how we've performed in the Premier League. One shot on target for the mighty Manchester City. Just just help us understand that and your thoughts on that, Stato. I think there's two elements to it. One, Chelsea's fantastic defending. We only had the one shot on target, but we did have several attempts at shooting where they blocked. I thought that Rudiger and then when Christiansen came on, uh, the whole of the Chelsea defence was very well drilled. So, yeah, we didn't create the opportunities. There was one towards, I can't remember, about the 80th, 85th minute where Morris got round the back, which is our typical trademark where we can get round the back, pull the ball across, and they cleared it off the Azpilicueta, I think it was. It was about on the five, six yard and cleared it over the bar with Gundogan bearing down on him. So I've got to give credit, again, sorry, to Chelsea's defending to stop us having those shots. Yeah, it's a very poor return, one on target, uh, because we couldn't find the space. But we knew that before we started the game. Pep would have told them, the only way you're going to get opportunities is to create space like this. I'm not going to go into the tactics because I'm nowhere near a Pep-level manager by a long, long way. But surely that's what he should have been saying beforehand because we know that Chelsea would defend. We knew they'd defend with five, and they defend for their lives, which they did. What I didn't see is us attacking for our lives. And maybe that's why Pep played Sterling to think that we'd do it. But unfortunately, we came nowhere near it. And one shot on target is very disappointing. I agree. But a bit more credit to Chelsea for that as well. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... Something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. John, so, something I've been, we've all been reflecting, as we've already said, and, and, and given it a lot of thought and, and so on over the last sort of 24 hours or so since we've all got back. But for me, sitting there watching that game, and reflecting on it and, and having enjoyed watching City over the last few years and the exciting football that we played, as I've already said, is there were there were so few occasions during that game where I was excited. Mm. I just felt flat. And, and, and I wasn't getting out of my seat. I, I, I wasn't really getting excited. It just, it just felt flat. And, and that's one of the most that's one of the most disappointing things for me. Not the lack of goal scoring opportunities. I mean, clearly we lost, which is, of course, uh, devastating. But it was that there was no real 
exciting moments at all. And I'm really right. frustrated I, by that. Because I had space around me, I, I was I was pacing up and down. I, I, we never sat down. No one was sitting down near me, so I, I was pa- I was pacing up and down. And I was just thinking about it as as uh, as, as Paul was talking there. With the exception of Foden, I don't think anyone of our, any member of our team came anywhere near to what they're what they're capable of. I, 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 if you said to me who was our star man, I couldn't name one. I, I'll throw one other name if I can, John. I oh, think okay. I think somebody did come out with, with some credit, and, and that's yeah. Kyle Walker. Yeah. I think Walker probably is worth a mention. Okay, you know, okay. If, if I can if I can play devil's advocate with you. I, 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 I thought Foden showed flashes of, of inspiration and, and brilliance that on a di- on another day might have won as a game, but they were few and far between. And everybody else, frankly, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I toward, you know what? I, I can't. I sounds crazy to say this. Towards the end of the ninety minutes, I was hoping we didn't have extra time because I thought if this goes to penalties, then that re- then we really are buggered, basically because because we are, you know, we are so bad at, at penalties. And I, I thought that was just extending the agony. And I, 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 it's, if it's over, it's over. I never thought. I mean, the people around me were saying it's not going to happen. Is it? It's not going to happen. I said no, it's not going to happen. I, I, I can't see anything happening here. We just had just one of those days where, you know, we didn't have the run of the ball occasionally. We didn't. We had a bit of bad luck occasionally, but basically, we were just below par. There's no way we deserve to win that match. Spencer, I like you. I was just, I was just flattened by the whole thing. I was uninspired. It was a big, big deflation period, if you like. Sure, uh, Spencer. John's mentioned Foden. I've mentioned Walker. <laughs> Does anybody else get a mention in this kind of? Those are the standouts. No, I was about to say Carl Walker. You know, um, it, it was good, and he had some, you know, sort of forays on the right. Um, well, I can't say Zinchenko because he was at fault for that goal. Again, we've discussed this. Should have, you know, Fernandinho would have been on the pitch, etc. Um, I certainly thought, think he showed a passion. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's hard. It's very hard. Everyone was a was a was at a was at a five or a six, weren't they? Whereas you know, Chelsea were at a consistently higher level. You know, their players were generally an eight or a nine. Um, so it was it was a collective couple of vague standouts that we've spoken about, but. I, I can't really say anybody else was, um, you know, Sterling had some early flashes, didn't he? But, you know, he they soon got the better of him. And uh, I think the most disappointing thing was uh, in the second half, you know, we knew what the task ahead of us. We've been in this position before coming through the Champions League. We've made comebacks. We didn't feel, I didn't feel we were going to get that goal you know, you feel a momentum building sometimes, don't you, as you're trying to get back into a game and it's coming and it's coming. That feeling never really came. And for the last 10 minutes of the game, you feel, okay, this is it. Give everything, give everything, give everything. I mean, yes, there was the Mares thing at the end, which was just one of those things. We we, we, we didn't really look like we were ever going to get that equaliser. And I feel that's the most disappointing thing in a very substandard overall performance. So, you know, you, you want to go out in, in style, you've got to go out. That never happened. So that's how we feel deflated. I'm, I'm keen to hear from Stato. I know he's maybe got a, a name he wants to mention. Uh, but John, you want to come back in, I think. No, I was just going to say, we're talking about, uh, we're trying to, Spencer was talking about Sterling there. There's that wonderful kick from Edison, right, which found, found Sterling. Uh, and he was so close, but so far away. I think, and someone around me shared the view that had uh, had Foden got hold of that ball, because he has better control, that could have been a goal. But that's that's about the most exciting it got. Go on then, Stato. Who's your who's your player man of the match in the City shirt? Ha ha. Well, the, the only other player I'd throw in there as a possibility is, and he only played for about twenty minutes or so, is Fernandinho. I thought when he came on, 
he actually changed the game a little bit. And we looked, not threatening, but we had more control of the game. And we looked like we might have that chance, but I never felt that we were going to score. But I thought that had he been on the pitch for a longer period of time, maybe we would have had more opportunities. He's the only other name I'd throw in and said had a good game, but it was only for 20 minutes or so. And, and just sticking with you, Stutter, for a moment, we, we've touched on uh, the challenge on De Bruyne. I mean, I've only seen it once in real time. Um, and at the time, it looked as though it was it was a booking. And, and the thing is, referees can't sort of wait for the doctor's reports to find out he's got a fractured cheekbone or eye socket and nose. And they say, all right, well, maybe we'll send you off then. It was a... Um, it was a booking, wasn't it? Or, or do you, did you see it differently at the time? So this you can't do it with with all the knowledge of the doctor's reports. You've got to do it with what you saw and, and then the type of challenge. It's only a booking, isn't it? From what I saw, and I was sat um, 50 metres or so away from the incident, it looked like a collision, therefore a yellow card. However, and this isn't with hindsight, the referee would have seen the state of De Bruyne's face in terms of the swelling apparently came up more or less straight away. It was obvious he was in quite considerable pain at the time. So maybe the referee could have looked and that's a serious foul play. I should consider a red card. Don't need a doctor's report for it. You just look at the damage that clearly had been inflicted on De Bruyne. But uh, when it happened, I was too far away to make an observation and make a comment, say yellow or red. Referee John, happy with the yellow? Uh, I, I was too far away to say for sure, to be absolutely honest. And I've not seen any replays of any any of the game. I couldn't face it, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, all the fans around me were booing and carting and calling all sorts of names. But they have been doing that all the game anyway. So, <laughs> not much difference there. I couldn't judge that. All right. Spencer, I know you never comment on refereeing decisions. I know you're totally impartial and you're all support, always supportive of the man in black. Well, it was a definite red, Nigel. Enough said. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, really? I think it was consequential, to be fair. You know, Rudiger's a big lad, isn't he? He's like a bloody tree trunk. And it was just an unfortunate. It wasn't actually a clash of heads. It was a, it was a, you know, head on body thing. It was one of those things, unfortunately, I think it was not a sending off, although, you know. All right, Stato, here's your opportunity, Stato. He didn't start for City in his last game. He was on the bench. He's off to Pastors New. I want your thoughts about Eric Garcia. Bye. See what I did then? I, I saw exactly what you did, so I'll just say goodbye. <laughs> if you're not, referring not to City, good riddance, right? I, I never say good riddance to a City player. He's not been brilliant for us, so I wish him good luck in his career. But he's not a he's not City's future of the way he's been playing when he's come on. Yeah, I just if you, if, you, if you really mean Sergio, which I assume you do, um, of course. A very sad end to his career. Um, he was in tears at the end of the game, quite understandably. So he had that one chance. I think it was a. A ball that came over the top. I can't remember. I think it was Walker that played it over the top. I could be wrong. Uh, to him, and he was on the inside left position inside the penalty area. He tried to, I understand what he tried to do. He tried to dink it over Mendy to Foden, who was coming at the back post. If it had been A on his other foot at the other side, he would have probably just walloped it and hoped for the best. He's equally, he's got a good left foot as well. I'm not sure whether, why he didn't just try and hit it hard and either the keeper saves and pushes it out, but that's life. I uh, felt really sorry for Aguero at the end. There were several City players who were in tears, um, but hopefully for a lot of the others, they'll get the opportunity to come back again next season. Aguero probably recognised that he's going to a Barcelona team, if that's where he's going, that probably doesn't stand a significant chance of winning it. So that was his last big opportunity to win the Champions League. So thank you, Sergio, for all the memories. 
And I think it's been announced just before we came on air. It's been formalised that he's it, he's going to Barcelona. So we, we kind of know that now. John, we, listen, we've been talking about him for months, for weeks, for years. Just your opportunity to to pay your own tribute again, if you like. Now we know he's definitely going. He's played his last game. He's shed his last tear for Manchester City. Sergio Aguero. Well, I mean, irreplaceable, really, isn't he? Let, let's be honest about it. I mean, I, I remember reflecting earlier on this programme, people saying, you know, uh, about a young Jesus, he's, he's no Aguero. I said, well, no one's an, another Aguero. There isn't another Aguero. He is our most prolific goal sc- scorer of all of all time. He, I mean, he's he's just, I mean, super, super footballer. I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, he could do another year for us. Pr- frankly, I'd have him around for another year, but, you know, a decision has been taken by someone, maybe by him, maybe by the management, uh, that he's, it's time for him to move on. Uh, and I just say goodbye, Serge, and thanks very much indeed for giving us such entertainment from, you know, right from the from the work, very first game against Swansea, I think it was, wasn't it? First game of the season. You know, absolutely fantastic player, world beater, and, and we're privileged to have had, to have had him in our team. Spencer, I know you've all organised the statue for your back garden anyway, so I know you're a big Sergio fan and it, it's it's on its way. Uh, anything else to add on Sergio? Well, I think they should have, you know, plastic Sergios in B&Q for us all so we can all have something in our back garden. Or replace the gnome, won't it? No, he's it's been an incredible 10 years. Um, you know, the plaudits have, have, have come for him. It's been unbelievable. And actually, when, when Pep was talking about him, uh, the Premier League win... It was talk of Sergio that really brought that emotion out in it. Uh, I've never seen Pep so emotional. And I think he was really talking about, you know, the man as well as the footballer. He's just an immense human being. Um, his football skills are unparalleled and he'll be a City legend forever. So, yeah, thanks for everything. And, and Spencer, there has been some talk. I mean, not a lot, but a number of people were frustrated with Pep. Some, as we said on the show, already maybe showed some arrogance with his selection. He overthought it. And actually, it's time for him to go because he's not won the Champions League. And there's been a, a little bit of a smattering of, of pep out talk um, within within social media and within some City fans. Your, your thoughts on that? Any any? Would you support that in any? Well, way? you'll never please all the people all of the time, will you? And if you if you become a pleaser, then you probably will never be a good manager. He is an incredible manager. We certainly. We're allowed to criticise uh, him in the moment, um, but we I'm certainly not criticising uh, everything he's done for the club and I would absolutely wish him to continue for as long as he wishes to stay. You'd hope that you would learn from things. And the thing is, as fans, we, te- we, we can be very superficial in our criticisms, but this seemed so obvious. Um, you do wonder in, you know, in, 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 in a private moment whether Pep would, would, would agree with these statements. Um, I think he would never say it. He would never admit to it. But you would just hope that there would be a learning. Um, and we thought that that learning had happened after Leon. Uh, uh, you know, as we went through the competitions, the quarters and the semis, we were just shocked to see that in the final. Um, it is what it is. We've discussed it. But no, absolutely do not want Pep Guardiola going anywhere. We, we look forward to the new season and next attempt to win the Champions League next year. And Stato, I know your lads sometimes can shoot from the hip. Are there uh, any talk in your household of Pep out? Not realistically. They get angry like a lot of Blues do. They're much younger than me. I'm more pragmatic, I guess. But they've occasionally said, what's Pep doing? Pep out. But they don't mean it really. Because I always go, and who do you want to replace him with? And there's never an answer because I don't think whoever does eventually follow Pep, it's going to be a really difficult job for them. So 
and a Pepin. I think they want Pepin as well. I think we all want Pep to stay and get us to give it another crack next year. At the end of the day, we've been an incredibly successful club over the last X years. And to lose in the Champions League final, here's a, here's a stat. I'm sure you've all heard this one. Only one team of the last 11 first-time finalists has actually won it at their first attempt. And that was Borussia Dortmund back in the 90s. So every other team that has been there for their first attempt has actually lost in the final and gone back. Most of them have gone back subsequently to win it. Some, unfortunately, never did. I'm keen to move forward and talk about next season. Before I do that, John, and I'm going to start with you on that, just your thoughts on if people around you were talking about Pep out or anybody within your network and, and how you respond to that call. Uh, there were a couple of people in my in my group. Well, one person in particular who was saying he thought he would resign, uh, which took me by surprise. I had never even crossed my mind. I was saying, I hope to God he doesn't, because I, I agree with with uh, Spencer and I agree with Paul. He's been a fantastic manager, uh, and I, I I would hope he stays not just for one more year, but many more years uh, uh, after that. No, I don't want Pep. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, let's not forget, twenty two years ago this weekend, Nigel, we were playing Gillingham at Wembley. You know. And had we not won that game, we could have become the next Leeds United in dire financial straits. It could have been out of business, you know. And the, this, the present regime have been there for 10 years. People say, oh, you get all that money. It's an overnight success. It's not an overnight success. Nothing's that easy in, 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 in this game. They've been 10 years at this. And we, their, 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 their progress has been remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Uh, the management of the, of the club has been, been fantastic overall. There have been one or two hiccups. Of course, there always would be. The progress of the players has been sensational. Let's not forget, as you said right at the start, you know, we won we won the Carabao Cup, we won the league, we won the FA Cup semi-final, or in the Champions League final. By anybody's book, anybody's standards, that's a terrific season. So let's look forward then, John. Um, looking forward already for next season. Um, who goes and, and, and who, who comes in then? So have you kind of got your, your shopping list there of who, who needs to go? Anybody well, on that list particularly? We've, we've touched on Garcia, of course, in my little clever, very clever joke, I thought, which I've got no credit for from any of you, but, but thanks. I thought, I thought it was brilliant, but, but none of you... It fooled me. It fooled me completely. <laughs> Garcia's going, I don't know great thoughts about Garcia. If he doesn't want to play for as well, good luck to him, go somewhere else. Mendy must go. I mean, Mendy's not made, cut, cut, cut the mustard, frankly. Uh, the talk this morning in the paper I was reading about Sterling going as well, and maybe Sterling would want to move on. I, I don't know. He certainly had a ba- by his own impeccable standards had a bad season, so maybe maybe he go- we need a centre forward. But Sterling and Mendy will be probably top of my list to go. Um, I can't think of many. I mean, I think Young Zinchenko again. Uh, you know, you know, I defend him all the time. Uh, yes, he was slightly at fault, but then so were others as well, and it, we should have recovered from that. I get, I keep him. He's, you know, he's, don't forget this lad we've got for one and a half million pounds. He was the one, you know, who said, I want to stay here and earn my place. And he did. And overall, he's played very well for us. So I keep him. I can't think of anybody else we'd, we'd, we'd get rid of, to be honest with you. OK. Uh, Spencer, what does your in and out list look like? Well, I'd definitely um, get rid of Jesus. Wow. Um, because I've been given a very hard time by a certain friend of mine that I've been defending him. Um, and there's a question as to whether he is, uh, can cut the mustard uh, or whether he is a, a squad filler. Um, I actually, I was being slightly facetious there. I would keep Jesus as a squad player because I do rate him, although I, he is not of the very top draw. We clearly need a striker of the very, very top draw. Um, the candidates are, are well known. I personally would be thrilled to have Haaland because he's the long-term one, but apparently he's not for sale. Dortmund have 
qualify for Champions League. I would be thrilled to have Harry Kane, personally. I know that that's also not a unanimous view amongst the city um, literati. But I, I, we need that world-class striker, um, and there's not many of them around. So but that would be the number one thing that I would be um, promoting. And Stato, what's, what does your list look like? It's very similar, to be honest. I think Mendy hasn't cut it. Sinchenko, I think, loves the club and has done fantastically well. He's not a, he's not a world-class player, but his heart and his desire mean we should keep him. Sterling, if we got the right money for him, or if, say, Tottenham were, were willing to sell Kane and wanted a Partex and Sterling uh, was there, he probably wouldn't want to go from City to Tottenham. Jesus is a Partex as well. I would take that if we needed to do it because we don't want to pay 120 million actual pounds, but we'll do a Partex. Um, I'd like to keep Jesus because I think he's a great footballer. He is not a, a world-class centre forward, but he is a world-class footballer, <laughs> I think, in his way. He pulls players wide, takes teams, and can understand the game. Um, maybe move him out wide a bit. But other than Mendy, um, I, I've, got, I've got nobody else to, to move on definitively and just build the squad. You've got to make the one or two changes each season. Even the best managers with the best teams in the world always refresh their teams each season with one or two good signings. So we've got to do that. So let's fast forward then to 12 months' time, <clears throat> Stato. We're sitting here at the end of next season. What, what, what does good look like sitting here in 12 months' time? Another good run with the Champions League. It's a cup competition. So as I've always said, there is an element of luck in it. You'd like to think that we've got a decent chance of getting at least to the semis or the final. Depends how the other teams strengthen your Real Madrid, your Bayern Munich, your typical big hitters. Depends what Chelsea do. So it's not just us, it's how other teams react as well. But we've got to stand a good chance of getting there again. Again, I'll be very happy if we have a, a great crack at the Premier League and a great crack at the Champions League. FA Cup and, and Carabao Cup, although it's our cup and has been for several years, I like winning them, but they're not the icing that we should be looking for today necessarily. I'd be quite happy if we didn't play 61 games or whatever it might be next season and only played 55 games, but won the Champions League and won the league. That would be a fantastic season beyond the belief. Oh, and of course the Community Shield because we're in that as well. <laughs> John, it's all about the Community Shield next year. Would that be fair? Sure. Well, for me, I'm very old-fashioned. You know, I, I think I've said before on this programme, I regard winning the league as more important than winning the, the Champions League, to be honest, absolutely honest with you, because it's a much more, more difficult contest to win. As, as Paul rightly said, the, the Champions League is a, is a cup contest. Uh, luck plays a part. It comes down to one game at the, at the end of the season. To win the, the Premiership, you've got to win consistently, which we did remarkably well. So that, for me, is far more important. So I'd be very happy if we won the league. And I'd like to win the FA Cup again. And at Champions League, if that came along as a bonus, fantastic. Not, not much then, really, no. no. <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot, really. Spencer. Same thing, of course. But I must say, Champions League is the one that we, we do need to sort of complete the legacy, if you like, or the, the, the project legacy. We know this. Um, I'd love, of course, the Premier League. We've won it three and four, um, uh, three and five. And... Yes, of course, we'd love it again. But I would love to think in 12 months' time that we've made it to St. Petersburg. The four of us are there. We've been to the Hermitage. We've had some Russian hospitality. We're going into the, the final again. 
Um, it's got to happen sometime. And it, these chances are rare. Dare I say it, it can be a lot harder to lift the European, the Champions League than it can be to lift the Premier League. So overall, of course, we want the Premier League. And of course, that's the longer 38 games. But the Champions League is the big one for City. That's the one that takes us into that really refined European super, super league. So I'm, I, I'm gunning for that you know, not above all else, but I really hope we can make progress next year and be back. If we do that, Spencer, I want you to promise me one thing. Will you be in in, in charge of organising John Stapleton's hotel room, please? Because clearly <laughs> he's been massively overcharged this year and, and he's talked about, before we came on air, he talked about nothing else but the price he had to pay for his hotel. So it's your job to do a decent deal for, for, for our, our mate John. We'll get a group deal at the YMCA. It'll all be taken care of, don't you worry. I, I, I take it after our play last week. <laughs> you're not still on about it, are you, John? You still, no, you, no, of course not. You paid a lot, did you? You paid a lot for your hotel. Shush, shush, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Listen, it's been a difficult season uh, in lots of different ways. Uh, we weren't allowed to go and watch football. Uh, we've all lost loved ones this year as well. I just want to mention that. Um, and on top of that, we lost Colin Bell as well, who was my favourite player. Um, so I want to give Colin a special mention as well as the other ones we've lost along the way. Uh, and I want to take the opportunity, as this is our last one of the season, to thank the production team, uh, particularly our engineer, Leon, who doesn't even like football. So he has to listen to this every week. Uh, you're amazing, Leon. Huge thanks to you, my friend. To the team at Playback, Playback Media, who allow us to do this each week. To my amazing guests, but particularly to you, our listeners. It's been an absolute pleasure again this season to watch and report on our great club. So stay safe, have a super summer, and all being well, we'll be back for the start of next season. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.